Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. This raid on the president. Top secret, sensitive, compartmented information. Classified documents. This hoax. It's not a hoax. Truly a witch hunt. It's not a witch hunt. Angry rhetoric from both sides lead to further division. This president has been telling the truth. Pretty serious statutes leveled at the president. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. News and Views for a Monday. Congratulations to Texas. The youngest team in the field of 12 ended up winning it all in the Little League Softball World Series. Texas beat Maryland in seven innings by a score of four. Well, uh, Texas had five. Maryland had four. Beat them by one run. It was interesting how many close, close games there were. There was a couple lopsided games, but the vast majority of the games in this uh, World Series were uh, real close games. And uh, a lot of these games ended in the last inning. Uh, This obviously went into extra innings. So Texas, that team is so young. I think just about everybody on that team can return next year to play again. So we might see uh, Texas... Uh, come back to Greenville next year for the uh, Little League World Series. Interesting numbers, though, 17,000, over 17,000 attended uh, all the games throughout the week. And, uh, by the way, the consolation game uh, between Virginia and the Philippines is going on right now. In the third inning, Virginia was up uh, one to nothing. So, again, congratulations to uh, all the teams. Texas uh, wins it all. And congratulations to uh, all the volunteers and uh, to the folks in Greenville who pulled this off. It was uh, what a showcase for Greenville, North Carolina. It, I mean, <laughs> Elm Street Park looks really good in person. It looks really good uh, on ESPN as well. So, uh, yeah, this, this is a kind of uh, Chamber of Commerce event that uh, you can't get enough of. So uh, congratulations to all. Very successful. And uh, it all winds down this evening as uh, the consolation game is uh, probably now in about the fourth inning. Uh, Lots to talk about today. Uh, Our governor apparently realized, hey, I'm leading a parade. And he turned around and nobody was following him the parade. He's been leading this parade for a number of months now, 20 some months. Uh, That is his emergency powers deal. North Carolina's COVID-19 state of emergency has officially come to an end. And it wasn't because Barney Fife uh, didn't want the powers because nobody was paying attention to Barney Fife. Governor Cooper's office said Monday that with vaccines, treatments, and other tools to combat the virus widely available, and with new laws allowing for better health care, the state is poised to continue providing the best pandemic response possible without the need of the state of emergency. Uh, I, we ha- we haven't needed this state of emergency for years now, but uh, again, listen. When they get a veto-proof majority, which very well could happen this November, and we've talked to Keith Kidwell about this uh, over and over again, th- this governor needs to be reined in. I mean, the fact that he took these powers uh, upon himself without going through the proper Council of State approval is uh, beyond the pale. But, I mean, look, th- that's the theme of today's program. It's the theme of our program day after day after day, that the the Democrats don't have to follow the rules. 
They don't want to follow the rules and they're not going to follow the rules. Here's, here's the first one. Well, the first one was Governor Cooper. He didn't follow the rules. Number two, Carolina Journal is reporting this afternoon, U.S. Representative Kathy Manning, a Democrat representing the triad area of North Carolina, once again is in the news for her stock trading after making investments in chip companies the day before the July 28th U.S. House vote on the CHIPS Act. Talk about being blunt. I mean, the, the day before, I mean, at least when Pelosi and her husband bought their stock, I mean, they did it a few weeks before. Of course, Pelosi knew it was coming, and uh, I guess Kathy Manning didn't find out it was coming until just hours before it happened. The day before they pass the bill, she and her husband go out. Uh, she and her husband purchased $30,000 in Micron Technology stocks and up to 95000 in in NVIDIA. That was the same stock that uh, Paul and Nancy Pelosi bought. Oh, I'm sorry. Nancy Pelosi didn't know anything about it. It was just Paul and a lucky guess. I mean, you know, I mean, Nancy, he didn't, she didn't tell him anything. I mean, it was just, hey, Paul, he's a good stock trader. What can we say? And I'm sure that's what Kathy Manning, I'm, I'm sure, hey, what, it's just a coincidence. <laughs> Listen, and... uh yeah, I mean, there there are others on both sides of the aisle. In fact, remember, was it 2019, uh, Chris Collins, Republican representative up in New York, was sentenced to prison because of insider information that he had shared with his son on some pharmaceutical stocks. The one stock she bought, Micron, is a Boise, Idaho-based chip manufacturer, NVIDIA, designs computer chips and is based in Santa Clara, California, and both will have big stock surges, probably already have had some due to the fact that they passed this CHIPS Act. In response to Fox Business, Manning's congressional office said the investments are not directly controlled by Manning or her husband, but are in accounts entirely controlled by third-party managers. Does anybody believe that? Does anybody out there believe that Manning didn't share some information with somebody to purchase these stocks the day before she goes out and spends $125,000 the next day they pass this? (laughs) Just a coincidence. Hey, I can't control this. My goodness, I don't have anything to do with my stocks. So, I mean, so this third party, I mean, do they always just all of a sudden go out and spend $125,000? I mean, I don't know how deep your pockets are, Manning, but, uh, I mean, that's that's uh, if that's your pocket change, uh, you got a lot of pocket change. The office continued, neither Congresswoman Manning nor her husband exercised or attempted to exercise any control or direction over any transaction executed within the accounts. <laughs> While the investment doesn't appear to break any ethics laws... You cannot make this up. I mean, can, can these people actually tell these news outlets the, these bold-faced lies without breaking into laughter? Manning's already one of the wealthiest members of Congress, has come under fire already this year for keeping over a million dollars in an account in the Clayman Islands, a popular tax haven, and for reportedly failing on 51 occasions to report stock trades 
within the required 45-day window. But (laughs) so why would anyone possibly think she has done something wrong here? And again, Chris Collins was sentenced to prison. By the way, he was pardoned by Donald Trump. Whether Trump should have pardoned him or not, that's, that's a different conversation. But, yeah, they came down hard on Chris Collins. And I think, I think he ended up reporting to jail. I mean, I think he was in prison when he was pardoned. So he was serving his time. But do you think anything's going to happen to this Democrat? Don't hold your breath. According to uh, Representative Jim Jordan, more than a dozen FBI whistleblowers have come forward to the Republican investigators in Congress. The congressman who is the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee told Fox News the number has risen to 14 after the FBI raid at Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort. During a conversation about alleged politicization at the Justice Department, along with former Director of National Intelligence John Radcliffe, Jordan made the case at, um, that the public has figured it out when it comes to what he characterized as the left generating a lie, then big media reporting the lie, then big tech amplifying the lie, and then both piling on Republicans when they catch on and say something. Uh, He said that uh, there are agents in the Bureau who have realized the same thing. Fourteen FBI agents have come to our offices as whistleblowers, and they're good people, Jordan said. There are lots of good people in the FBI. It's the top that is the problem. Some of these good agents are coming to us telling us what is going on is baloney. The new political nature now of the Justice Department This would appear to be quite a bump from the little more than two months ago when Jordan said that a total of six FBI officials have approached the committee, two related to a controversy surrounding a school board's memo and four related to the January 6th. At the time in early June, Jordan sent a letter to the FBI Director uh, Ray warning that multiple FBI officials were coming forward with information suggesting that the Bureau was purging employees with conservative viewpoints. On the Senate side, Chuck Grassley has disclosed his team received whistleblower disclosures, including disclosures related to the federal investigation into Hunter Biden. It's becoming a well-worn trail of agents who say this has got to stop. Thank goodness for him, Jordan said. He also expressed the view that voters will vote in Republican uh, vote in a Republican majority in Congress, allowing more GOP uh, power to carry out a bevy of investigations. Uh, that is not all in terms of uh, the FBI being in uh, a questionable situation. The um, Washington Examiner is reporting that, if you remember last week, Christopher Wray, uh, while he was, I guess it was a week before last, while he was before a committee on August the 4th, um, he was originally going to be there for the entire day. And then uh, as their questioning was going on, there was a panel of uh, senators. Each senator got seven minutes on the first round and were to receive three minutes in the second round. Well, after the first round, Christopher Ray says, hey, I got, I got to go. I've got to catch a jet. I've got an important thing. I've got to go. And uh, he was challenged by Grassley at the time. Say, said, wait a minute. 
wait a minute, this was scheduled to go, uh, you, you knew the schedule, you knew there was seven minute round and then a three minute round. And I've got people that want to ask questions. You need to stay here. I got to go. I got to go. I got to catch a jet. Uh, giving the impression that he had some sort of business engagement. We find out later that he was uh, flying on vacation up to uh, Saranac Lake in upstate New York. And uh, indeed, you can go on and uh, find how the uh, jet that was the FBI jet uh, had an hour and approximately an hour and 20 minute flight up to New York from uh, Manassas, Virginia. And uh, a week later, the jet flies up, picks him up, and brings him back again. So now House Republicans want uh, Ray to uh, tell us about your use of this uh, Justice Department jet for personal use. Now, it is not illegal in some cases for high-ranking officials to use government jets, but you have to repay the government for the use of the jet. So anyway, uh, Mike Turner of Ohio, uh, Stefanik of New York, uh, James Comer of Kentucky, uh, they sent a letter out today saying, uh, could you please explain? New York uh, Post reported that after the August Senate hearing, the FBI Gulfstream Ray uses was recorded on flight tracker, flight radar 24, making a one hour and 12 minute flight up to Saranac Lake. Yeah. Uh, by the way, it, so I just say, though, again, the double standard, if if uh, if we didn't have double standards in the government, we would have no standard. If we didn't have low class in the government, we'd have no class. Or if it wasn't, anyway, you know what I'm saying. Uh, but bottom line, if Donald Trump had done this, there would be a raid on his house to find out if they uh, could find any evidence of this. I mean, it, they, they would kill a gnat with a sledgehammer or a stick of dynamite. I don't, I, don't, I don't see any investigation into Ray. And God bless these Republicans uh, who are uh, asking the questions. But so far, when Republicans ask the questions, the Democrats totally ignore it. I mean, remember Eric Holder. He was called before Congress and I ain't coming. When a Republican does that, they arrest him. we got to take a time out. There's a lot I want to talk about. Um, Cash Patel was on Fox News yesterday, and he has a great explanation as to why he thinks the FBI did what they did, taking all those documents. I think he might be right. Stay with us. I'll tell you what he said. Shotgun with your 5 o'clock drive. Well, the drive home should be a delight. This is Tom Lamprecht with more news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome back in uh, the uh, consolation game in the World Series softball taking place in Greenville is uh, now in the bottom of the fourth inning. Virginia's up four to nothing. Again, uh, Texas uh, beat Maryland earlier today. Uh, they are the champions of uh, the 2022 Softball World Series for Little League. Uh, Taking a quick look at your weather forecast. Rain likely tonight. Cool temperatures uh, open up the window. Chance of rain is 100% tonight. uh, Low of 66. Uh, Rainfall about a half an inch. 
Tomorrow morning, some clouds and showers and a high of 77. The high of 77. That's <laughs> That's been the low of uh, late. Chance of rain tomorrow is 90%. Showers in the evening and then partly cloudy overnight, a low near 65. And then Wednesday, mostly cloudy. Again, a slight chance of a rain shower, a high of 82. And uh, a low Wednesday night of 63. The Daily Caller is reporting that former Trump administration official Cash Patel told Fox News that as president, Donald Trump had the power to declassify any documents he wanted to declassify. Patel noted that in October of 2020, Trump declassified a number of documents related to Russiagate and Hillary Clinton. This is a fact that most Americans are missing. President Trump, as sitting president, is a unilateral authority for declassification. He can literally stand over a set of documents and say, these are now declassified. And that is done with definitive action immediately, Patel claimed. The legality of Trump's ability to make sweeping declassification orders was brought into question after the FBI raided his Mar-a-Lago property, where they claimed they found a number of classified documents. The FBI left a warrant that indicated they were investigating the former president for potential violations of laws to do with the mishandling of classified material. Patel went on to explain why, this is cut one, why the Democrats in control of the DOJ would weaponize their power and take these documents. President Trump, as a sitting president, is a unilateral authority for declassification. He can literally stand over a set of documents and say, these are now declassified. And that is done with definitive action immediately. The fact that the bureaucrats at NARA, who referred, remember, the National Archives are the ones that referred this to the Department of Justice, but they, the same principle, failed to refer Hillary Clinton to the Department of Justice when they got their hands on the uh, classified emails from those servers. And switching gears a little bit to the national security officials involved. You know, me as a former national security prosecutor in the national security division where this case is being run out of, it's no surprise that the likes of John Carlin, who was the assistant attorney general for national security, who authorized a Russiagate hoax to begin with, is now the number three official at DOJ. And Lisa Monaco is the wow. number two official who was his superior back then. These folks, and this is the, this is the thing I want to stress with, now that this is a quote-unquote ongoing FBI counterintelligence investigation, they will come out to the American public and be able to say, ongoing CI investigation, you will never be allowed to see the Russiagate docs or any other docs that wow. President Trump lawfully declassified, and they will hide it from the public. And Congress has a monumental lift ahead of them. Come November, they better start subpoenaing these documents immediately and putting these people before the American public. Merrick Garland and FBI Director Chris Ray have failed in their mission to uphold the law. They have become political hucksters, and they are completely destroying our Constitution and, and putting on a two-tier so, system of justice. Political hucksters is a very kind way of putting it. So, in other words, you have these Obama officials who were in power and abused the law when Obama was off, in office uh, trying to make sure that Hillary Clinton got in. And uh, they know they're guilty as sin. Apparently, they are very fearful that Donald Trump had the evidence within his papers. And uh, earlier in this uh, interview that uh, Cash Patel had, he had made mention that there was a lot of information. I think he said 60% of the information they have has been released. Now, whether or not this other information is more damning 
and would uh, put some of these people behind bars. Cash Patel, he certainly hinted that he thinks that is the case. In other words, we want to have this raid, gather the documents, get them out of the public eye. And when the public says, well, we want to see these documents. No, 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 no. This is an ongoing investigation. We can't release these documents. This is an ongoing investigation. And I mean, and look how look how long they have stretched out their, quote, investigations on Trump. I mean, basically, from the time he came down the elevator and announced he was running for the presidency, uh, I mean, the day he was inaugurated, there were people calling for impeachment. There was two impeachments. There's the Mueller investigation. I mean, it went on for years. I mean, this is why this is such a joke. Anybody that has, I I mean, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, fool me four times. Uh, Apparently, I mean, now listen, this, this, this is living proof that the media is complicit. I mean, they aren't naive. They aren't just reporting the news. They are complicit. These people are as guilty as sin, and we can't well, we can't release these things. There's an investigation going on. It's just further weaponization of the Justice Department to smash their political enemies. They think they're smashing their political enemies. I mean, there's more and more fundraising, polling, all point to this is helping Donald Trump. It's going to be interesting to see how the Biden administration squirms try to convince us otherwise. Sources claim that the FBI were looking for classified documents relating to nuclear weapons, according to the Washington Post. Trump has denied the report that he was keeping such documentation in his Florida residence, Politico stated. So they're upset and concerned because of classified documents related to nuclear weapons. And, you know, this is for, they, they wanted to go in and make sure that our national security was intact. So Trump had these documents for 18 months related to nuclear weapons and how vital they were to our national security, and yet the Justice Department sits on this information for 18 months. So they're either inept or they're lying. But let's let's assume for a moment that they just realized that Trump had this life-threatening, endangering documents. So last Friday, the Friday before the raid, two Fridays ago, the judge handed down the deal to, to, to go do the raid, the warrant. Why, if it, if it was for the national security of our nation, why didn't they immediately go over there Friday night? Why did they wait three days? Again, it, it's, there's something empty about your words. Merrick Garland, FBI director, have failed their mission to uphold the law, as you heard just uh, Patel say. They've become political hucksters. You know, it's rather interesting to note the number of times the Justice Department has uh, weaponized their political power, their their judicial power, to uh, smash their political enemies. It's interesting how many times it happens to conservatives. I mean, Trump, as I just mentioned, this is his fourth time, at least his fourth time. Uh, had the Mueller investigation, two impeachments, and now this. 
Then there was Michael Flynn, Rudy Giuliani, just today in the news. It's uh, reported that uh, down in Georgia, Rudy Giuliani, who served as President Trump's attorney, has been notified that he's under criminal investigation in Georgia for matters related to the 2020 presidential election. Giuliani's lawyers revealed on Monday that they had been informed that he is a target in Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis. Her investigation into efforts to overturn the election results. I guarantee. I, I don't know anything about Fannie Willis. I guarantee you, she's another huckster, as uh, Cash Patel said. She's a Democrat. I guarantee you, she's a, a a liberal progressive Democrat. The New York Times reported that prosecutors had questioned witnesses before a special grand jury about remarks that Giuliani made during appearances in front of state legislative panels the month after the 2020 election. Giuliani tried to delay having to testify before the special grand jury said he had a medical procedure. He's now scheduled to testify on Wednesday at a courthouse in Atlanta. Quote, if these people think he's going to talk about conversations between him and President Trump, they're delusional. If he's his attorney, this is an attorney-client privilege. Multiple sources told the New York Times that at least one of Trump's lawyers signed a written statement to the U.S. Department of Justice earlier this summer that claimed all classified material in boxes in a storage area when the property had been returned to the federal government, blah, blah, blah. We've already talked about that. Uh, So now they're going after Giuliani again. George Papadopoulos, Roger Stone. I mean, and these people are, they, they don't care if they destroy people's lives. People have to sell their their the homes they live in to defend themselves. In the meanwhile, the Democrats, for them, it's job security. I mean, they're for them they they think anyway that they're extending their political careers. Or if you're an attorney, hey, you know what? I'll get I'll get an advancement. I'll, I'll, this is this is job security. This might be my next promotion. And yet nothing on Hillary Clinton, nothing on Hunter Biden, nothing on the Biden crime family. I mean, and I, I mean, they're even going, I mean, remember when Merrick Garland, I mean, he, he comes out last week and says, you know, if, if we can do something with, uh, you know, in, in a more gentler way, that's certainly the way we would choose to do it. And he was the guy that was coming after parents at school board meetings. Why hasn't anybody in the Jeffrey Epstein case why why haven't they been raided? Why hasn't Hillary Clinton been raided? This is unbelievable. By the way, the examiner is also reporting that uh, Trump is being investigated for a potential espionage act violation and possible possible obstruction of justice according to the unsealed warrant for the uh, FBI raid. The search warrant unsealed Friday afternoon cited 18 U.S. Code 793, part of the Espionage Act, related to, quote, gathering, transmitting, or losing defense information. Despite its name, many of the law's provisions don't relate specifically to espionage. The warrant also pointed to 18 U.S. Code 2071 on concealment, removal, or mutilation generally, and 18 U.S. Code 1519 on destruction, alteration, or falsification of records in federal investigations and bankruptcy. 
The latter relates to potential obstruction of justice. This is almost amusing. When you read these words, destruction, alteration, or falsification of records, concealment, removement, or mutilation generally. It's almost amusing how when Hillary Clinton Clinton was caught doing the exact same things, James Comey comes out and basically says, well, she didn't mean to. Well, you know, we really, you know, she didn't mean to. It's no big deal. And why, why would we indict her? No prosecutor would want to go after her. I mean, it is ridiculous. I mean, why, why didn't Merrick Garland say, well, he didn't mean to. Why didn't Christopher Wray come out to Donald Trump? Well, he accidentally took it. He didn't mean to. I mean, there, there's actually, to be honest with you, if there were anything in those boxes, I'm not saying there were, but if there were, he, it probably was true he didn't mean to because he's, you know, Donald Trump wasn't the one that packed up those boxes. You think Donald Trump, Donna, Donald and the first lady got on their blue jeans and went in and stuffed boxes for three and a half hours one afternoon before they left the White House? Uh, by the way, Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhardt ordered the warrant to be unsealed after the Justice Department told the court that Trump was objecting uh, it to being made uh, public. Uh, I'm sorry, that Trump wasn't objecting to it. But uh, let's talk about um, Bruce Reinhardt for a little bit, a magistrate judge. And uh, kudos to my uh, sister-in-law, Natalie, who listens to the program up in uh, Black Mountain, North Carolina. Uh, State of the Nation is written by a guy named Jeff Childers. And he writes in State of the Nation concerning magistrate judges. And this might be common information for some people, but I I found it very interesting. And a lot of people probably don't realize this. It was a highly corrupt magistrate, disgraced former assistant U.S. attorney and crooked Epstein lawyer who improperly signed the warrant to raid Trump's property. We also got some insight into which judge signed the search warrant authorizing the raid. South District of Florida Magistrate Judge Bruce E. Reinhardt. Let's talk about magistrate judges judges, and where they come from. The first three articles of the Constitution create the three branches of government. Article 1 creates the legislative branch. Article 2 creates the executive branch. Article 3 of the Constitution creates and empowers the judicial branch, including the federal court system. Per Article 3, the Constitution provides that federal judges are appointed for life by the president and confirmed in the Senate. So far, so good. But since there is a river of legal loose fragments constantly flowing through the federal courts that federal judges don't want to deal with or don't have time to deal with, they hire lawyers to be magistrate judges. Again, they hire lawyers to be magistrate judges. Wielding powers delegated by the federal judges, these deputized magistrates can hold minor hearings, handle legal emergencies, adjudicate procedural disputes like arguments over discovery, sign search warrants, but who ultimately cannot enter significant orders themselves and only recommend things to real federal judges. There are some terrific, smart, long-serving magistrate judges. But they are not appointed by the president. They are not confirmed by the Senate. They do not serve for life. They are more like contract employees, and there's nothing in Article 3 that provides for them. Sometimes they're called Article 1 judges 
because they are created and authorized by statute via legislative branch instead of the Constitution. Without any criticism of magistrate judges, they are not federal judges. They can be hired, they can be fired, but they can't sign final orders which they can draft, but which must be signed by a real federal judge. So does it make any sense for a newly hired magistrate judge to sign a search warrant authorizing a raid on a former president of the United States who is also a current candidate to be the next in the next presidential election? Or do you might think that this a kind of magistrate would send upstairs to a real judge to sign off on this? You would think so, right? Not Reinhardt. In other words, this warrant was not the kind of ordinary, run-of-the-mill, high-volume, low-importance kind of thing that magistrate judges do do. So, I mean, there are times where a magistrate judge would sign a warrant. But to raid the home of the President of the United States? Give me a break. we got to take a time out. Stay with us. We'll get to your phone calls. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Back to News and Views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome back again. Let's get to the phones. 561-8255. Got Tom on the line. Hey, Tom. Hey, Tom. How you doing today? I'm doing well. Good to hear from you. Well, it's been a while. Um, <laughs> you see what's going on in the country right now and the advantage that our home justice system is taking Justice Department is taking against the people of the country. And then I hear people say, well, you know, we just need to vote. I'm sorry. We have gotten way past just needing to vote. When that same Justice Department can criminalize and turn parents that want to speak up for their children into terrorists, when you have uh, Democrat politicians can get away with doing whatever they want, it is time for the people to stand up and just say, this is it. You're done. We're not doing this anymore. We uh, don't have, we're falling apart completely. I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I, I guess the question is how do, uh, you know, here, here's part of the problem is most conservatives are out there working their fannies off, trying to make a living, trying to run a business or doing something, you know, and they're, they're very involved in their communities. And I'm not saying uh, non-conservatives aren't involved in their communities, but, you know, they're doing all they can to keep their head above water. And uh, I, I agree with you. I mean, we need to be heard. I mean, you'd, you'd think with what – and you saw a few people down at uh, Mar-a-Lago – protesting but it's a uh, it's a it's uh, the response hasn't been equivalent to the uh to the raid and a few uh, people's not going to do it no no i agree i agree they take they want to take our weapons for one reason and one reason only so that they can do whatever they want to to us and they've started they have started this and it's just gotten to a point now where people are going to have to say 
this is it. We are not taking, you're not taking another inch from us. Yeah. You know, they always talk about the mass killings. They always talk about weapons, and they always talk about how guns kill. You know what else? Guns also protect, and that's that, that's what the Second Amendment was for. Well, and, and the and the second country. and the second amendment was to keep these guys in check. I mean, you know, listen, there's, you know, if you, if you go and read the entire second amendment, and part of the purpose was to make sure that we don't uh, have a government uh, or people inside the government to try to overthrow our government. Now, I'm not right. saying we pick up arms and go to Washington D.C., but listen, I mean, to keep them straight, that's that's one of the reasons we have a second amendment. But it's also well, to protect yeah. ourselves, obviously. You know, there's an old expression, too. Uh, people with guns are citizens, and people without guns are subjects. Yeah. That is exactly what the Democrat Party wants. They want us to be subjects, and it needs to stop. Yep, big time. I appreciate it, Tom. And I, I, I realize you're not saying don't vote. You're saying we need to vote, but we need to do a whole lot more. It's not just vote. It's go out and get involved. And listen, I do see, I do see people... Uh, that are are getting involved locally in their school board meetings. I see people running for office that hadn't considered running for office before. But to to Tom's point, uh, again, going back to this Rudy Giuliani, why in the world is Rudy Giuliani being notified that he's under criminal investigation for bringing up the election results? I mean, that's basically what they're saying. I mean, Rudy Giuliani, if you remember, right after the election, he went to a number of different areas and and uh, encourage local boards to consider reviewing their election process. I mean, he was up in Pennsylvania, he was down in Georgia, and now they want to uh, say you're under criminal investigation for doing that, for questioning well, the system. As, member, as long as you're a member of Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and the Democrat Party, you can do whatever you want. Bingo. You can beat people up. You can burn their houses down. Bingo. You can kill their businesses. Nothing's going to happen to you. But you try to defend yourself against these same idiots, and you're going to have a fight for your yeah. life. Oh, yeah. 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 Good point. Hey, Tom, thanks for the call. Keep praying for our country. Let's go to Rob. Hey, Rob. Hey, folks. Um, uh, let's remember that just about three weeks ago, the Democrat Party was caught giving millions of dollars to Trump-backed Republican candidates. Yeah. Why would they do that unless they knew that he was about to be smeared with this, come, that this Great was coming point. down the pipe? Great point. And I think we should put this all over Fox and everything. I mean, it almost shows intent. And and we need to put this – I think that's a big deal. We need to put it out there, and it needs to be all over the news everywhere. Yeah, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, but you're absolutely right. That that is a great observation. That immediately after th- those those people that were being supported by Democrats, those Trump uh, candidates ended up winning. Uh, they turn around and and turn on Trump. Great point, Rob. Hey, listen, we're up against the break. We got a uh, thanks for the calls. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Back to the show that really makes you think. He is a genius. He's all-powerful. He brought a kind of heat. He could be the best. Just don't hurt yourself, okay? More news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. So the Indian princess, Elizabeth Warren, uh, it's now being reported that she blamed her failed 2020 presidential bid on the fact that she was born without and Uncle Albert. Yeah. 
Uh, NBC News correspondent Ali Vitelli is out with a new book, Electable, Why America Hasn't Put a Woman in the White House Yet. And it's all oh, because it's a woman. No, it's because she's a flaming liberal. <laughs> Heaven forbid. That, oh, no, she didn't get she wasn't president. So apparently she came up and she said on a she's on an airplane ride. She came up and claimed that everyone comes up to me and says, I'd vote for you if you had an Uncle Albert. Yeah. Hey, you know, you identified as an Indian. Go ahead and identify as having an Uncle Albert. Senator Ted Cruz is now under fire for making what they say is a crass joke in Nevada about uh, Elizabeth Warren, in which he speculated whether or not the Democrat could have a male appendages. A penis. I mean, that's (laughs) in case you didn't pick up on the Uncle Albert. So that's what she's saying. If I had one of those, I would have been elected president. So Ted Cruz said, well, maybe she does. His exact words were, quote, we need courage responding to crazy town. Elizabeth Warren told reporters that a guy came up to her and said, I would have voted for you if you only had a penis. In today's Democrat Party, how do we know that she doesn't? Now, that's all he said. Now, he didn't actually come out and say, well, maybe she does. He said, in today's Democrat Party, how do we know she doesn't? And listen, Democrats, you can't have it both ways. I mean, you want to be totally fluid. You think a person ought to be defended if one hour they're a woman and the next hour or the next day they're a man. And then the next day after that, they can be whatever they want to be. They can be totally fluid, and you can't question that. Ted Cruz says, well, you know what? In today's Democrat Party, how would he know she doesn't? 